Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you had a great week. Mine wasn't too bad. We still have not found a house yet, but that's okay. Um, we did make it kind of like a deal or conversation with the manager of an apartment, and um, he's going to work with us with month to month until we can pick the right house for us. And I'm grateful for that, but we really do need to get out of here. It would be really nice to find a place that just works out perfectly to what we need, even as a starter home concept, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not asking for getting everything that we always wanted type of deal, but we do want to have a decent home that has the space that we need for the future of the ministry, the future for our home, and everything that we need for the beginning. Anyway, so I was just going to talk about, I guess chivalry and gentleness but then i kind of got this idea while i was doing this that there is something like i've always worked on as, as a, a teaching concept for men i call it the lion and lamb perspective and it is the image of christ because we know that jesus is the lamb of god but we also know he's also the lion of judah and if you know those two animals are nothing alike and quite different. And there's a beauty about that image because as men, that is something we should strive to be more like. That's Christ likeness, right? The lion, you know, is roars strong, courageous, comes into the situation, you know, will will lead like a charge, and that's how we picture lions. We picture like even if you play games or or sports or anything that we see like movies tv shows when the lion is kind of image it's the the king of the jungle it's the the it's that leader like we want to follow that type of person right at the same time we think of a lamb we think of <laughs> dumb lambs that will run off a cliff if they didn't have a proper leader however christ in his depiction he is the line of Judah. He is going to be that king, the judge, the Lord. And then he's the perfect lamb, which we know because he died on the cross for our sins and provided a way for us to find that connection that we have lost with God through sin. However, as a man, though, I think we tend to lean over to the lion side way too much to the point where we kind of forget that we have a purpose to be a lamb too. And I don't mean like a lamb that's going to be sacrificed on the cross. I'm talking about a lamb as learning how to be loving and gentle. Now we know today it, it's just, it's just, it's been really hard as a man in the last few decades. I would say even starting back in the 1960s, the design behind women's lib and men's decline as men has has been kind of colliding and collapsing in many different perspectives. Now, how I want to explain, I'm not talking that women should not have fought for their rights or whatever. I'm talking about the unit as a, as a man and a woman in a family as the depiction of godly men and godly women. Now, when I was in Hartford, there was quite a few women who loved the idea of putting men below, who loved trampling over men. 
And that is not a godly perspective for women to be treating men. In fact, it's probably one of the curses that men have to deal with is women always wanting to be leading all the time, taking control. And I know that some women would say, well, it's because the guy isn't leading. Well, how are you supposed to have men lead if the culture is countering everything that the Christian teaching was encouraging men to be? And then you have the other side also saying, oh, well, you're talking about when the patriarch, when men ruled the world and women couldn't do anything. No, I'm talking about from a biblical perspective. We need to have it very clear. The scriptural view of men and women is not the same as the culture of before the 1960s. Men and women still have this in nature. We still choose to design a cultural idea of what things are supposed to be and try to use the scriptures to justify it. And that's why in some cultural designs, women were treated differently as they should have not been treated. But not all the things that happened before 1960 and 1940s, not all that was bad. I do think that we have kind of lost... I always say we have kind of lost that design of what godly men and leaders are supposed to be today. You know, I've talked about 1 Corinthians 16, 13, 14 several times because it's part of this ministry's Bible verses to stand with. And, you know, it talks about us being alert, talks about us standing firm in the faith, talks about us being men to be strong and then to do it all in love. In our culture, we've created men to be lustful and desirable of women and to uh, prove it. Because I know in the 80s and 90s, I wasn't around those type of people. But the, the idea of having sex with young women together, you know, as teenagers was like a goal. Like it was, it was like the medals on your chest, how many women you were with or young ladies that you were with. You know, when, when did you lose your virginity was always a, a topic in the cultural world for me guys. And women get treated as items. And the thing is, it's not the patriarchic world that created that image. It's the culture that has. Because we started designing men to be sexual focused instead of leader focused. And so instead of seeing men step up being men and leaders standing firm in the faith and walking in truth, it was about how good looking I was, how strong I was. I mean, the evolutionary perspective of manhood became a basically the liberal mindset that was in the culture, replacing the biblical concept of what men were supposed to be. And the idea of being gentle doesn't sound like a man. Instead, it sounds more like you're being weak or you're being too emotional or you're not 
being strong like a man's supposed to be. And yet, the scripture it teaches us to do it all in love. Now, my mindset starts going, okay, what is love? You know, we talked about it several times. Love is basically you sacrificing yourself from what you think is right or what you think is okay for yourself. And you're giving yourself to others because you want to show servitude. You want to show meekness, kindness, gentleness. You see, the greatest of these is love. Because love is about sacrificing oneself. It's not about me. It's not about fulfilling what I want. It's about doing what God has asked of me. Gentleness, however, it is a perspective of men that men are supposed to have. Where does it start? How do we, how do we even understand a better understanding about gentleness? Well, to me, I think I was a more very gentle person as it was because one, my dad taught, you know, was that type of a man, but he struggled trying to teach me how to be more of a man himself because he had his struggles growing up where he was, you know, abused by his dad and I was bullied for many years. So I struggled and I always felt like a weakling because I didn't feel like I was a strong person and I felt like I was capable of doing anything as a man. And, and you know, that was for a long time and God had to kind of mold my road, my journey to kind of show me more about what it meant to be a man. That's why Wild at Heart was probably one of the first books that really emphasized a better understanding of a man. Also, When God Write Your Love Story helped a lot, too, because the two guys that wrote those two books, they spent time recognizing how men are struggling. And even though those books were written in the, in the 90s and I think the early 2000s, they still had a lot of power even today to give you understanding of what God is asking of you. You know, I, I was able to gain a better understanding of what it meant to be strong. It's not something that we all have like a power within us. You know, Steve Furtick would, would preach that, you know, you know, God is strong. And so you will be strong because you will have this power within you to be able to do it. This oneness with understanding of God's truth. No, no, no. It, it starts with understanding, in my opinion, what it means to stand firm, firm in the faith, to have that faith that we're supposed to have. I go back to thinking about Joshua. You know, the idea of being a, a man and a warrior today is very hard to do, let alone being courageous and strong. It's not like we live in a time frame where we're in, in part of war, warring countries that are in battle and you have to carry a sword or carry a gun on you because, you know, we live in a culture that thinks. The only people that should have guns are those that have power. But 
we go to Joshua and we, we go and remember the story and how Joshua was one of the, I think it was the 12 spies that went out. Him and one other person were the only two that said we can do this. The other 10 said we couldn't. And so the leaders met, talked, and agreed with the 10. Even though God had commanded them, the key word commanded them to go and take. So after they made that decision, what did God do? Had them wander for 40 years to weed out those that did not have faith or trust in him. It's a very interesting thought if you really think about it, because the two people that were able to go were the two spies that said yes, 40 years later. Because they're the ones that said, yes, we can do this. God will give us the capability of doing this. See, that's, that's the faith picture. And then another person I thought about too, well, actually, let me go back about Joshua. The reason I also bring him up is because one of the verses that was given to me in high school is actually Joshua 1.9. People use it all the time. But if we to, to spend time in understanding a little bit of what Joshua was doing during that time, well, not really what he was doing, but God's orders to Joshua, he states in verse seven, he says only, oh, let me phrase, I don't know if I said Joshua one, seven through nine, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may achieve success when, wherever you, you go. So in other words, follow my commands, follow the scriptures, follow the laws. Verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will achieve success. It's not promising you all the riches of the world. It's not promising you that, you know, hey, if you're sick, you're suddenly going to be magically healed. It's not, it's not identifying that you, if you're like in down the dump, suddenly everything's going to be prosperous. That's, it's not talking about prosperity gospel as some of these preachers that we know t tried to preach. It is talking about the success of living a life that is godly, righteous, upright, doing what you're supposed to be doing wherever and whenever you are in time or the jobs that you have to honor him, to obey him. Don't falter away from the truth that you're supposed to be living to be like the world. Cause you remember one of the, one of the issues is that God was asking Israel to wipe out all the other nations there. Wipe out meaning none to exist. Why? Because they were wicked, because they were not willing to change, not willing to walk with the Lord. They're, they're without excuse because they are part of countries that had decided hundreds of years ago to fall away from God. Now, do we know if he tried to reach out to them? I'm sure he did. I don't know because that's not the point. Of, of a God who's holy is trying to show you don't love me. You don't know me. If you don't follow me, you're not following me. You don't believe in what my son did. You're not going to go to heaven. 
you don't willingly follow my steps and be obedient to me, you're not going to walk in lightness or in, in the light. You're going to be in the darkness. You see, the whole idea is that I was given verse 9, which we're going to say right now. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you're following his commands and you're doing what you're supposed to, you're standing firm in the faith, you discover true courage, true strength. And when you are confident in your walk with the Lord, you're walking in the faith, standing firm in the truth, doing what you're supposed to be doing in God likeness, then you will have a better understanding of the fruits of the spirit, being at peace, self-control, gentleness, love, kindness. You see, the, see where the connection is starting to come, right? Okay, another person I thought about was David, King David. A lot of times we don't really think about it, but King David was a war king. He fought the wars for Israel. He defeated many enemies. He defeated many Philistines. Remember, he killed Goliath, who was a uh, top-notch warrior for the Philistines, like... We're talking champions of champions and David with a sling, one rock that he threw, even though he had five others that were waiting, he threw that one rock, killed Goliath instantly. This showed the mighty power of God, but it also showed the faith that David had in God. You see, standing firm in the faith means you're also living in that and if you know the story of david he spent time as a shepherd and he wrote songs and praised god and he he meditated on who god was to him and i'm not talking about the new age i'm talking about he he meditated on the, the scriptures that were known he worshiped god he every psalm when you listen to psalms that he wrote it is this communication between God and him about God's love, God's purpose, God's desire, God's judgment, God's anger, God's frustration, God's uh, power and almightiness. And, and you just get to see everything about who God is and the way he speaks about him, which then goes and tells you What kind of relationship did David really have? God was his everything. As Israel sat in the sidelines, scared to death of Goliath, David, without any armor, stood up in front of him because he believed in what he was learning. He followed what he was learning. He obeyed what he was commanded. This is the beginning of understanding how to be gentle. Because gentleness is what makes all of that make more sense. Okay, this is going to be it for this first half. I will see you right after and we'll continue talking. I want you guys to think about what I said. I'll see you right after.
Hey Warriors, welcome back to the second half. The second half is going to be more talking about kind of the, the, what we need to be understanding about being gentle, the lamb side of God, because the lion side is that warrior concept, the faith, standing firm, understanding who God is, being men, standing in the faith, following what we're supposed to be doing, because doing what we're supposed to be doing is going to be against the world. It's going to not fit. We are not going to necessarily be liked. Many of them will probably be against us. Even our own peers, people who call themselves Christians, will not like what we have to say when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. They're not going to stand up with us and be like, yes, this is what I want to be. Because they are so... in. <laughs> so connected and and so twisted into the world's ideology that they are kind of lost from the truth where the truth is so cloudy now like <laughs> we could see it and just how uh, men have been treated and we say nothing how men have become soft and and feminized I mean, we say it to each other like, man, but are we teaching other men that, hey, that cultural teachings is wrong here in the scriptures, how to be a man, a man of God, a man of integrity, a man with character. These are not being taught as they should, and it's not as common. We don't see men opening doors for women as much. I mean, in Texas, I see it more often. But I'm talking about, in general, younger men don't really do that. They, like, the only woman they treat with the so-called respect is the woman they want to be with. We don't teach character. Men who are concerned about what comes out of their mouth, concerned about what they see with their eyes, men concerned about what they hear with their ears. Men willing to say to other men, I think that's a little bit inappropriate. We shouldn't be talking about that. We don't see men uh, <laughs> confronting men when they talk about women wrong. Because they think being a man is talking about women the way that they do. That was hard to do. I've done that before. It's very hard to live that way. Especially when they start coming after you because they can't believe that a guy like me, doesn't, isn't interested in drinking or looking at pornography or chasing, you know, talking about women like items of sex. I've had to work in that for a year of that type of, that type of world culture. You see, today we need to be teaching and bringing up men to understand the scriptures better, to love God better, to be better men and what the world has allowed us to become because they have this plan. It's whatever the enemy wants, whatever the Satan is trying to build for his future. Because you remember, he gets to be Lord of this earth for a time. And he's trying to create that world for that time. You know, so what happens to these men? These men start hiding, start being confused, start trying to 
overcompensate over what they are trying to be or should be. And in fact, sometimes they become really jerky. They become too aggressive. They allow pride. They live with pride. You know, hell about me. Look how great I am. They, they start trying to figure out. They're trying to, like, connect the understanding with, you know, their manhood that's trying to show who they really are. But they chase after the self-desires, the lust, the, 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 the wantings of their heart instead of seeking out the person who actually has the answer, which is God. And sadly, we don't have enough men who understand this teaching. Well, I, I don't have a degree. That's that's okay. You don't need a degree to teach. Well, you know, I'm not a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor. If you were brought up in a godly household, you are given the tools and methods to help other men walk appropriately, walk with integrity, walk with character. Be strong in the faith. We also can teach them how to be gentle. Well, my dad never... That's, that's okay. You can learn too. It's never too late. In fact, we start seeing what a picture of these type of men can be if they're not following the way they're supposed to be. Psalms 29, 22-27 says, An angry person stirs up strife. Think about that. Yes. A lot of us men are angry, and instead of learning how to deal, we create chaos and strife. A hot-tempered person abounds in wrongdoing. Yes, when you allow your temper to get in the way, you make bad choices. A person's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will attain honor. When you're prideful, all you're going to get is what people tell you. You will not be honored. And pride leads to that wall blocking what, remember I told you, blocks the shield of faith. Because your pride becomes your faith. Not faith in God, faith in yourself. Verse 24, one who is partner with a thief hates his own life. He hears the oath but tells nothing. When we are striving to be like the world, we steal from other people. You do. You may not see it right now, but hurting others steals precious time, uh, a love they should be given, but because you're more concerned about yourself, you steal that. You're more willing to stomp or jump on people to get what you need. Uh, you know, this is not to just, it's not just people with the, like non-believers. This is to Christians. I've seen it. It can happen. Pastors, especially threatened about their positions. People who are in authority threatened about their positions. They hate that. So they'll put other people down just to be able to keep themselves up. Pride issues. 25. The fear of man brings a snare. Well, yes, you ever, you know, they heard the statement of fear makes you frozen or frozen in fear. That's, that's the concept where it comes from. <clears throat> when you put a snare out, what happens to that person or uh, animal when it's caught? It can't move. 
fear paralyzes you where you're at. Because remember, we talked about it. Our fears in our past keep us in the past. As a man, if we are understanding that we're supposed to be following God, there's nothing that's going to snare us because we will stand firm and we will walk forward in our faith. Verse 26, many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for mankind comes from the Lord. They try to find it in pastors. They try to find it in people who have position and power. Men who don't understand what it means to be men chase after other men to be men. I want that to sink in a little bit. Because I'm sure many of you probably do look up to other men. There's nothing wrong in doing that. But how far do you look up to them? Because you and I are supposed to be spending time in God's word ourselves. Not just taking the words and advice of other men. It goes right back to uh, Paul saying, you need to stop saying I'm a follower of Apollos. I'm a follower of Paul. You know, you're supposed to be a follower of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ, Paul said. So follow him. I'm not, I don't want you following me. I want you following what I'm teaching you, which is of Christ. See, that's the important pieces that we've kind of thrown to the side a bit. And then you have verse 27, an unjust person is an abomination to the righteous. And the one who is upright is in the way, is in the way of that abomination to the wicked. So a lot of times when we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, we're following the way we're supposed to be doing in life. We get in the way of others that don't like it. And man, if you are also following the fruits of the spirit, ah, you know, being gentle, being kind, and, and, and you're also walking with the Lord. Oh man, you're even, you're the worst of the worst people because they don't want that. They don't want to see that. They don't want to believe that there is some God out there that can give you the capability of being a man's man, but can show love, have a gentle spirit about you, can be kind. How is that possible? That, that just can't be. You see, the world will not like a man of God. The world will not like a man who is gentle, kind, and courageous. They want them to be peaceful and they want them to be gentle, but they don't want you to be godly. And the reason why they don't want you to be godly is because if you're following the scriptures of the truth, then you're going to have to be, in their eyes, a judgmental. But it's really, no, I'm just standing firm in my faith. They don't understand that the correlation of a godly man is someone who follows the way of the Lord, follows the commandments, is willing to do what he's supposed to be doing in truth. And this is the same for women. Women aren't going to, that are following the world, aren't going to like women who aren't fighting for guns to be taken away from everyone, aren't fighting for uh, giving women all the freedoms that they want. They don't, they don't want women to be standing up for the Bible or following an archaic version of the Bible. You know, they want them to be showing, hey, love is love. You know, we shouldn't be telling people how to live. 
Well, it's like, this is my battle. It's not me telling people how to live. It's God. He's already given us the instructions that we're supposed to be doing here today in our culture, in our battles, in our life, in our choices. We're the ones that's choosing to not obey, but rather try to, well, you know, maybe this way was an old way of thinking. It was cultural. Oh, I love that. It was cultural, so therefore it does it's not what it really means today. Yes, it does. You're telling me this new con that like the way that people are living and the and the choices that people are making to be loving and love everybody, to love and love and love. You think this is new? This is not new stuff. This is not new form of thinking, progressive thinking that has just magically appeared in the past few decades. And so the scriptures just don't understand. This is stuff that has been going on for centuries and centuries of issues. And there's two points in scripture where God has dealt with it very specifically. One, he almost destroyed all of humanity with a flood. And two, he destroyed two cities who had the same issues. Nothing different. It is hard today, guys. It is hard today to be strong, stand firm in the faith, to act like men, and to do it in love. Psalms 18. Go down to verse 34. It states, He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand upholds me, and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under my feet, and my feet have not slipped. Are you seeing something there? And your gentleness makes me great, you enlarged my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. When we follow the Lord doing what we're supposed to, he not only will give us the strength to be men, he will give us the strength to step forward in confidence because we can do it with a gentle spirit and heart. We can show loving kindness to people that are around us without allowing them to, to tell us what that means in the cultural perspective but from a godly one. Because I can tell you this, even though the world will be against us, people will be watching us. How we react, how we treat people, when we make mistakes, how we get back on our feet because we know we have a God who's forgiven us and we repent. People will see. Non-believers will see that. And some of them will be curious about what that is. And they will ask questions of what that is. And you can't be bringing them to your church for every single time someone has a question. You need to know how to stand firm yourself in the faith. So that when they ask you, what, what, why are you so different? Why are you able to take on the crap that these people are doing at work and still come and be peaceful about it and, and not be angry and, and not treat people like crap? You know, if I were you, I, I'd be, you know, smashing their heads through walls. And you can say, 
you know, of course, in my mind, I always joke around and say, well, well, in my head, I'm smashing their heads in the walls. But no, the reality is, this is why. Oh. See, curiosity will come because they see Christ in you. I remember saying a few times that, you know, to ask God what kind of man he thinks you are. And sometimes when he answers, it's not always like, it's not always like he like whispers in your ear and says, this is who you are. Sometimes people around you are used to tell you the type of man that God thinks of you. Sometimes your wife might point out some things because there's going to be different characteristics. When I first did it, we were still on Hartford and it was the guys I was with and he gave me a type of man who will stand firm in the faith, who will be unmovable, unbreakable, unbreakable shield, I think is what I remembered. And that was all I got in that time. Because I know because through what I was going through in 2019, that made it even stronger for me to keep standing firm and where I was standing. Even though people were used and abused and they shared lies and people believed them, God was still taking care of me. And even though you know I was standing very hard and I felt every day wanting to give up and wanting to just blow up and just leave, God said, keep going, keep ministering until it's time. And I did. All the way to that last day. The day up before, I was still ministering because I didn't know what was going to happen. And God used those people to remove me in some ways. But at the same time, what they did was wrong. And even though lies were used, I had a better understanding of what it meant to stand firm and be the unbreakable shield. And then when my wife and I moved down to Maryland for a time, that was the second part. Gentle. Gentleness was something that God showed in me, but I started treating like if it was a plague or an illness. Like if I'm gentle, it means I'm too soft. I'm not strong enough. I'm not being a strong enough man. And I started kind of going in this journey. I wanted to be, you know, a stronger man. And God in his awesome power in a prayer meeting group that we were at, a lady came up to me and she just said, I have something I want to share. I don't know if you're going to like it, but I believe God wants me to tell you. And I said, oh, sure. And no, I'm open to anything. And she basically said to me, I see, I got to find my spot where I had that. She basically said to me this. It's, it's almost like she knew what I was thinking in my head. And it was really God speaking to me that God has made you to be a gentle man. Don't treat it badly. You know, it, it be that don't quit on that. Be gentle. And, and in my head, I, I took a step back because it was kind of not what I expected to hear. 
but it reminded me that God was speaking to me and I really needed to hear that. You know, because I, I really started understanding then in that moment, the gentleness that I had, it wasn't because I was weak. It wasn't because I wasn't taught right. It wasn't because, you know, all the problems I had. Because I do think a part of why I'm more gentle is because of the bulliness I did have happened to me. I'm more compassionate to other people's feelings. Which is something I've kind of noticed when I counsel people. What people notice to me. I'm good at listening, but I'm also good at advising and reflecting on their thoughts because I can reflect their feeling, uh, you know, kind of like look at it from their perspective, but then I can remind them, Hey, you're, you know, that's the stand firm concept. This is what the scriptures are all about too. We need to understand that we can be strong, but we need to also remember that we need to be gentle in how we act, treat people, communicate and deal with it. And if you struggle with the concept of loving others, that's a vital part. And once again, it goes right back to the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You got to love God first. You understand how to love God first. Then you can have a better understanding how to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we are to follow God's commandments. We are supposed to stay true to his word. And we're supposed to be strong in the faith. We're supposed to stand firm in the faith. We're supposed to act like men. We're supposed to be alert and aware, knowing what's going on, like a warrior would be. But we also got to show compassion, love, and especially gentleness. Sometimes we like to allow our anger, frustration, and our hurt to dictate how we treat people because a man doesn't show emotion, but that is not true. I'm not asking you to be emotional, but I'm also asking not to be stone cold. You got to have an understanding that sometimes even as dad or as a husband, gentleness is not being weak. Gentleness is being compassionate to what you see. Your wife is struggling. Don't try to solve her problem. Listen, pay attention to what she's saying to you. And just listen. Maybe take time to pray. I, I have, I don't know how else to say this, guys. Prayer is amazing. If anything, if you don't have an answer, take your wife's hands and say, let's pray. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but let's pray. Let's pray over your, your hurt. Let's pray over the pain you're feeling. Let's pray over, you know, your, your frustrations with your boss or, you know, the kids. Let's pray together. Prayer, 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 guys. Pray. You single, you don't have a girlfriend or you are dating, you can pray. And I would even say, and this might be more of what the next episode is going to be more about, is dating should not be just so that you get to know someone. Dating is because you want to marry them. And so in that case, we should be praying all the time because we don't know if the person we're dating is the person we're going to marry, but you can be an example of a good godly man who not only is strong in the faith, but gentle and loving. So don't forget, 
King David was a man of war, but he had a very good understanding of what it meant to be loving and gentle, kind-hearted. He showed compassion to Jonathan's son, who not only had a handicap, but because God had removed all kingship from Saul's family, he showed compassion to his best friend's son. That, guys, is what a true warrior is. A man who understands war, but a man who understands love and gentleness. That's a warrior, and that could be you today. If you could start asking God to teach you, he can show you. And he could bring the right guys in your life. He could bring the church that you need to be going to, the Bible study you should be a part of. Or maybe you need to go on a personal study and study and study of the scriptures to get a better understanding of God and understanding of yourself as a man and an understanding of what a warrior is. That's why King David is probably one of my favorite characters in scripture because he was the war king. But he had a very good understanding of his relationship and faith with God, even through his mistakes and even through the good times. He understood. Anyway, let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask you bless this. I ask you use it for your glory. I ask that you just allow men today who are struggling and how to be a lion warrior and also be a gentle warrior at the same time. It is a thing that most men struggle in the area of loving and gentleness towards people, towards their family, towards their wives. I ask you help them today. So any single guys out there that you would just show them how to prepare themselves to be men of God and to lead and to love and to be gentle. Thank you all that you do for us, Lord. And I pray that you bless us today and throughout the rest of this week. And until next time, I say amen. And guys, God bless. Take care. And I'll see you next time.